0: From the virtual newsroom of Impact Alpha, this is your Impact Briefing for the week of Friday, April 3rd, 2020. I'm Brian Walsh. Today, Impact Alpha's Jessica Pothering will discuss the story of the week. Hi, Jessica, and welcome back. Hi, Brian. And we have Amy Cortese, who will profile this week's Agent of Impact. Hi, Amy.
1: Hi, Brian. Great to be here.
0: But first, here's what you need to know from this week in Impact Investing. Impact Alpha is continuing our coverage of the coronavirus crisis. COVID relief funds are emerging. The United Nations called for a $2.5 trillion package to backstop emerging market economies. The African Development Bank issued a record $3 billion social bond to combat COVID-19. France committed 4 billion euros to see tech startups through the corona crisis. And in the U.S., Local Initiative Support Corporation, or LISC, is raising a $100 million fund for COVID relief. COP26, the Global Climate Summit, became the latest international gathering to be canceled. Organizers said they will push for countries to submit their expanded carbon commitments as planned. COVID shutdowns have sent global oil markets into a tailspin. As Impact Alpha reports, the carbon bubble has burst. Many argue it should not be reinflated. As schools and universities go digital, educational technology or edtech investments are powering learning in the COVID age but with 14 million more students now online, many schools haven't implemented the most basic best practices of online learning. That's an opportunity for impact investors. I'm joined now by Jessica Pothering, who had a piece in Impact Alpha this week on emerging market fund managers and the challenges they're facing due to the coronavirus. Jessica, what did you learn?
2: Well, Brian, my key takeaway is that local lockdowns have led to serious disruptions in key business issues like mobility and supply chains and distribution networks, and that's affecting a lot of businesses' financial viability. And that applies even to well-established companies who are providing essential products and services.
0: So you wrote about one company that's reeling from the pandemic's impact, despite the fact that their products are actually flying off the shelves.
2: Yeah, that's right. Um, I mean, I'm not sure if they're reeling, but um, they're certainly struggling a bit. This is the Nigerian personal hygiene products company, Wemi, which sells locally made diapers and feminine products and sanitary wipes, um, often at a cost that's much lower than imported products. So they're competitive locally. But according to investors in the company, WEMI is having difficulty sourcing supplies to make their products because most of them come from China or Europe. So even though their products are in high demand, they can't restock them quickly enough. And um, also interstate border closures in Nigeria are really compounding the problem by messing up their distribution channels.
0: Uh, So the companies are at the mercy of global supply chains, right?
2: Yeah, that's right. And the businesses that we're talking about that are being affected are really the kind of solid and very socially impactful ventures that underpin sustainable global development. And they're in jeopardy because the markets have seized up.
0: So what's really at the heart of the problem here?
2: Really just getting cash and other resources to small and growing businesses. I mean, that's going to be a critical part of the economic recovery in these countries, um, especially ones that are already dealing with inequality and high unemployment rates and, in some cases, social unrest.
0: So you talked about these emerging market fund managers. How are these types of investors stepping in?
2: In some cases, they're working to help them restructure some of their um, financial options. In other cases, it's just a matter of really providing emotional support, Others are trying to help them, you know, figure out short-term cash solutions or even pivot to new products and services that might be relevant to the current market. But, I mean, even those investors themselves are facing some challenges in finding short-term financing. And, um, and even though larger institutions like the World Bank and the International Finance Corps um, have said they're going to step in and have committed billions to their emerging market partners... They're not always necessarily making it down to these small businesses with the type of urgency that they need.
0: And so what are you hearing from those closest to the ground working with these small and growing businesses?
2: Well, we actually hosted a conversation yesterday for investors and entrepreneurs who are working in this space, and we've pulled out some of our favorite thoughts.
0: Great. I understand we have audio from that call. Who are we going to listen to first?
2: You're about to hear from Drew Van Glan from the Collaborative for Frontier Finance
0: we are basically dealing with a liquidity crisis across most of these markets that if we don't address properly, will soon become a solvency problem.
2: Laurie Spangler from Courageous Capital Advisors had this to say.
0: Everybody's disrupted. What we're trying to avoid is disruption leading to failure. It doesn't have to lead to the failure of the business. And you're being disrupted either because of what you do, your product or service, or how you do it, or or both. So that theme of disruption, but we're trying to prevent disruption turning into a failure of a business.
2: Here's to hear dasani of Axion Venture Lab. We have been talking to our LPs
1: about, you know, potentially facilities they can set up. And so I think the question is, how can we create some of these higher level facilities? How can some of the larger asset owners and not just fund managers really step up here? And how can we create these quickly and with a flexible structure that actually serves the
0: needs of these companies?
2: A days to while, Okunbo Rhodes from Arua Capital had this to say.
0: How can we get to funders like us who are on the ground, who have access to these small growing businesses that need capital now? Um, you know, what are the other pockets of capital out there that can address these needs? Um, because the government interventions are great, um, but they're just too slow for a lot of these fast growing businesses. Well, it sounds like that was an informative call about a challenging situation. Jessica, thanks very much for your reporting and for joining us today. Thanks, Brian. Now it's time for this week's Agent of Impact. Amy Cortese, who are we featuring this week?
2: Brian,
1: this week our Agents of Impact are essential workers. They're the ones who are going to get us through this, not the bankers, CEOs, hedge fund managers, or even the impact investors. Essential workers are the ones who are not working at home because they're, well, essential, which means valuable, not expendable. These workers rose up across the country this week. One Amazon employee, Christian Smalls, organized a warehouse walkout to demand that the company sanitize it after at least two workers tested positive for COVID-19. Just as no investor likes to take uncompensated risk, neither should workers. Smalls, by the way, was fired. Employees of Amazon-owned Whole Foods also staged a sick-out, demanding paid leave for self-quarantines, free COVID testing, and increased hazard pay. Bus drivers, garbage collectors, poultry workers, and Instacart employees all walked out this week. A few weeks ago, we recognized frontline health workers as agents of impact. Now, we're highlighting the warehouse and retail clerks, the delivery drivers and plant workers, the teachers and the farm workers. COVID-19 has exposed the overlooked, underpaid workforce that keeps the economic wheels turning, letting the well-off shelter in place. Just last year, the CEOs of hundreds of companies redefined the purpose of a corporation. Each of our stakeholders is essential, they declared, Investing in our employees starts with compensating them fairly and providing important benefits. Well, now's their chance to show just how essential their workers are.
0: Thanks, Amy. You can see all of our Agents of Impact on Instagram, at Impact Alpha. That's it for your Impact Briefing this week. You can read more about all of these stories at impactalpha.com. Only subscribers receive full access to Impact Alpha content including deal flow, job postings, and a Slack channel. For our podcast listeners, we're offering your first year half off. Use code BRIEFING50 at checkout to become a subscriber today. Thank you for listening, and thanks to Jessica Pothering, Amy Cortez, and our producer Isaac Silk, who also wrote the theme song. I'm Brian Walsh, head of impact at the fintech company LiquidNet. As we navigate these uncertain times, make sure you check back next week for the latest impact investing news.